Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. Hope you are doing well today. Welcome back to Cosmic Jewel Spiritual Insight. Today's episode is going to be about narcissistic mothers and its main portion, but it can also relate to any narcissistic individual, whether it be a father, brother, you know, sister, wife, husband, or other romantic partner, friend, whatever. Um, the reason why I want to focus on narcissistic mothers for me personally is because the first narcissist in my life was my, is my mother, was my mother. Um, and I didn't realize until I was into my 20s that she was a narcissist. Now, what I have to say is a lot of black people and people in general do not know that they're narcissists because they have never been diagnosed. Specifically in the black community, there is a large um, deficit of the seeking of mental health counseling and mental health therapy and mental health um, medical care. So there are many people who suffer from symptoms of this or symptoms from that or who exhibit certain traits and behaviors who do not see a psychiatrist, a psychotherapist or a psychologist or any counseling services to get to the root of what, why they're doing and saying what they're saying and doing. I want to focus on narcissistic mothers because I have recognized that a large number of black women have been affected by these dark demonic bitches and it needs to be expressed. We need to talk more about it. I am aware of the large number of videos that are on YouTube talking about narcissists. Um, the reason why there has been a flood in those kinds of videos and that kind of content across YouTube is because the world is now dominated by narcissists. A uh, recent Psychology Today article said that it is estimated that today's generation or today's society, at least from the American perspective, since Psychology Today is an American uh, publication, that at least 70% of today's generation are narcissistic versus 30% empathic. The reverse was true generations prior. Generations prior, it was 70% empathetic and and 30% narcissistic. So it's flipped. Um, in my personal opinion, I would estimate that over 80% of the world is narcissistic as a whole. Over 80% because there's a strong demonic component, evil, unclean spirit component to narcissism that I'm going to get into not only in this part, uh, but in, in subsequent parts of these episodes related to this topic. I remember listening to Alexis K. Tyler, if you've ever heard of her. She had the Vagina Power series and Mother Daughter Drama series on YouTube. And she's still doing her own work on her channel on YouTube. Mostly she does celebrity readings, but she still does like Facebook Lives and other content that she puts on her YouTube channel. And I will put the link for her YouTube channel in the description box for those who are interested in Alexis K. Tyler's work. And um, I remember about 10 years ago when I first came across her mother-daughter drama series, because um, it's about 9, 10 years old. I remember coming across it and being blown away because the thing she was talking about, my spirit just latched onto because I knew that was 
my mother. And while my mother wasn't as abusive as Alexis's mother was to her physically, the only reason why my mother was not as physically abusive is because she knew I had a father that would put her motherfucking ass in jail. That's really the only reason and because she enjoyed getting my father's child support. That's really the only reason. Otherwise, she would have done a lot of more of the shit than she actually did. Now, on occasion, I will mention my mother on these episodes, like when I said on the um, girl, you got to know when it's time to turn the page episode. Um, how I said, well, how I told my mother I was leaving and that's just it. I don't care who don't like it. Um, I still am in communication with my mother, but it's not often. It's, you know, maybe once or twice a month, if that. Usually about once every three weeks, she might call just to say hey or ask about my children or what have you or update me on something going on with her or whatever but it's not like it's not a close relationship at all you know um and in this episode I am going to talk about my background with my mother and you know I'm sharing it because not because I want I don't want any sympathy I don't want any pity because I personally don't have never felt that I was a victim per se because I have always had a very strong sense of um, authority with myself and and power. But I know that others will consider, yeah, you were a victim of a narcissist or whatever. Yeah, I mean, technically, yes, but I don't consider myself a victim. I don't want any pity. I don't want any sorrow. I'm sharing this because my experience with the first narcissist in my life led me to attract other narcissists and it also in a positive aspect propelled me into massive spiritual growth because it's a literal war when you are dealing with narcissists psychopaths and sociopaths it is a is a literal war between spirits and souls you're dealing with fucked up souls and fucked up demon spirits when you deal with these kinds of people, if you are, if you're of the light, as they say, or you're a light worker or you're an empath, then you deal with unclean spirits when you encounter these traits in other people. OK, so what happens a lot of times is you instantly pick up on the fact that you are a motherfucking narcissist. You're a narcopath, which you can be a narcissist and a sociopath or you're a psychopath. You pick up on it right away because you start, as Alexis call it, smelling that motherfucking demon. You start smelling that goddamn sulfur that that bitch is letting off. And you may not actually smell sulfur. Some people do. But for me, it's an instant recognition or recognizing of my spirit that, okay, you ain't right. You ain't right. You can have your joker smile on all you want to. You fucked up. Something ain't right with you. It's an instant discernment, in other words. But I remember Alexis K. Tyler said in her mother-daughter drama series years ago, she said, you know, a lot of these fucked up black mothers, you know, they don't want nobody to know just how trifling and low down and dirty they are and treacherous they are. And they have psychotropic drugs and goddamn antipsychotic drugs pushed back up under the bed somewhere. And they take that shit because they don't want anybody to know what they truly are. And this is true. My mother is, I believe she's a narcissist, but I don't believe she's, I believe if she was diagnosed because she does see a psychiatrist, I believe if she was diagnosed, she would never tell that she was diagnosed as a narcissist. She would never tell that. 
Um, but she would tell the victim shit because narcissists love to play the victim, right? So she will tell, and she did tell that she was diagnosed with major depressive disorder and anxiety, but you're not going to tell that you got high-level narcissistic traits, too. Because I'm pretty sure any psychiatrist worth their salt who evaluated her will figure that shit out real quick. I'm not even a psychiatrist. I'm not formally, medically trained to be an MD in psychiatry, and I figured the shit out. Okay, so... I'm pretty sure that if they diagnosed her with narcissistic personality disorder or borderline personality disorder or antisocial personality disorder, that she would not tell anybody. I'm pretty sure about that. I'm almost 100% sure about that. I would put money on that, that if she got a diagnosis, she wouldn't tell it. Um, now, let me say this. I am respectful of my family members when they are respectful of me. Um, for the most part, we don't have no problems. Me and my mother, for the most part, we get along, but she still be on her bullshit on the slick tip, right? And I think what it is, is she's no, she knows that I've gotten to a very, very high place, a strong place spiritually that I'm not going to take no shit from her and that I see exactly what she's been up to all these years, right? So what first began was her being angry at my father because he did not marry her and I said this on my YouTube channel but I'm glad my father did not marry her they broke up when I was about four years old I'm very happy that my father stood his ground and did not marry her because she's a controlling ass bitch she just she just is she's very controlling she's very ugly on the inside and she's very insecure very insecure if people don't do what she says then she gets the attitude and she'll go in the room and slam the door or she'll go in the room and go to bed as if she's just so upset about it. Or, you know, she'll tr she'll turn all the other family members. If it's a family member who doesn't agree with her, she'll turn all the other family members that she can against that person. Because she wants everybody under her control. That's what a narcissist usually does, you know. Um, but I'm glad my father didn't marry her because he would have been miserable his whole damn life. And I believe my father is empathic. I, if he's an, I think he could be an empath. I, I haven't really fully evaluated all of his personality traits but when I look at him just as a just you know off the top without getting too deep with it he's an empath he's looking looking a lot like an empath to me um plus he's a water sign he's a cancer so a lot of water signs are empaths um a lot of air and fire signs tend to be fucking narcissists Earth signs tend to be pretty empathic. It just depends on the person's natal chart. But I know a lot of water sign empaths and a lot of air and fire sign narcissists. I do know water sign narcs. But like I said, it just depends on the chart. Because you could be a Pisces sun and a damn, you know, a Libra moon and be a fucking narcissist. You could be a Libra sun and a Virgo moon and be a fucking narcissist. It just, it really is, it's a demonic spirit. It's not, it's not, it has to do with your zodiac sign and your astrology and your astrological placements that you were born under. But behind all of that is a spirit. It's a spirit. It's an unclean spirit. It's a spirit of control. It's the Jezebel spirit along with other demonic spirits. Um, at So my mother would you know once my father decided he wasn't gonna marry her and he went on by his business after she tried to force him to marry her um 
he went on and got with my stepmom and they ended up being together for many years before they actually married. But I believe he did it that way because he wanted to make sure my stepmama wasn't going to treat him like my mama tried to do. So I believe that's why he went all those years without getting married to, to the stepmom. But they finally married. They've been together like 30 some years because, like I said, they they broke up when I was my mom and dad broke up when I was like four and I'm 35 now. I'll be 36 in November. But. I noticed like it wasn't right away that she started to change up on me and show her true colors when I was a child because I was a sick child um, I had a lot going on with my health um, she didn't quite show things she didn't quite show her venom or or spout her venom right away it wasn't until I got to be about eight nine years old close to ten when I started getting close to puberty, that her venom came out. And I remember Alexis um, Tyler coming and saying this. Well, she said it on her mother-daughter drama series years ago, about 10 years ago. And she said, you know, a lot of these mothers, when their daughter starts to develop or gets close to puberty and her hormones change and her pheromones start to, uh, you know, lift off into the air, she starts to produce um, more of a womanly scent then there's something that gets triggered in that narcissistic mother and she starts to beat the daughter or she just starts to be very cold and very mean to the daughter whereas she may not have been so nasty when the daughter was younger before she started developing so for me I noticed that happened with me when I got close to puberty my mother started to show a side like she started to show her true colors and what she really felt about me and what it was at its core was she has evil spirits and she resented me because I look a lot like my father. I do have some of my mother's facial fa facial features, but my body type, my hair, my skin, um, my eyes, my feet even look even my hands look like my father's hands. OK, and not like manly hands, but I mean like the nail shape, the shape of the nail, the, the, the way the fingers look, they look just like my dad a lot like my dad so um she saw him in me of course and was resentful of the fact that I looked so much like him I mean I looked like him from birth but when I started developing that triggered something in her and she started to be very mean and very hateful you know um and this happened over years like I said it started when I was about nine or ten between the ages of eight and ten it kind of started and popped off and it got to a height when I was about 15, between 15 and 20. That's when me and her had the most heated, problematic relationship. Um, there were times when, now she married my stepdad when, she, when I was like 9 years old. So they've been married like 26, 27 years, but um, it'll be 27 this year. But um, So they got married, but the reason why she hurried up and married my stepdad is because he's easy to control he's passive and basically because he was in the military and he had benefits just like my dad my, my biological father was in the Air Force too she couldn't force him to marry her so she found another Air Force nigga and hurried to fuck up and, and got hitched because she found somebody you know to marry her with her two children by two different fathers you know so and I'm not knocking her for that but I am knocking her for her character because I know why she did it and as a result my father my stepfather is miserable to this day he's miserable you know he, he ain't gonna admit it but he's unhappy he's he's a dog on a chain he's unhappy 
but you know that's the life you chose that's the life you chose but um either way it go when i she married my stepdad around when i was nine years old um they you know had a good relatively decent marriage i think from what i saw but my mother's very secretive and she's very nasty and she likes to appear to be the victim at all times and she likes to appear to be this upstanding you know righteous christian woman to everybody else but she'll fuck shit up she'll wreck shit behind closed doors so while their marriage might have appeared to be decent i'm not so, i'm not so sure that it actually was because word got to me that my stepdad just wanted to drive two hours away to go to the beach with some of his old air force buddies this was recent this was just a couple years ago he was in the air force for 26 years he wanted to drive down um, to the old base that used to be in Myrtle Beach and hang out with some of his old buddies and then come back. He wasn't staying the weekend. He was coming back the same day. But simply because he wanted to go, she said, well, I don't. Well, if you're going to go, I don't know if this is the place for me, meaning I don't know if I want to stay married to you. This is the kind of controlling shit she does. So you're going to threaten divorce over 26 years of 25, 26 years of marriage. You're going to threaten divorce because this man wants to go two hours away and hang out with his friends for a couple hours and come back. Are you fucking serious right now? When you don't have no job, you don't have no benefits other than the benefits you get from being married to him. You don't have no retirement income. You quit your job because you was playing the victim and talking about everybody was bothering you at work. So you quit your job and, and you don't have nothing really wrong with you. So you can't get disability and you didn't you didn't stay in any jobs long enough to actually get a pension. You know, every five years you was quitting jobs. Every two years you was quitting jobs. So you never stayed at one job long enough to get a pension from anywhere. So now you sit at home. You just decide you're going to sit at home. And let him do all the working and take care of you. Oh, I'm retired. Okay. Well, it's nothing wrong with retiring. But when you do it because you're being selfish and you're lazy, there's something wrong with that. When you're putting all the, the stress on your spouse and you're constantly spending up money so your spouse has to work extra hours. Always got to work overtime to, to make up for the shit you're spending unnecessarily on. You have very, very, very serious issues. You have low self-esteem. You have insecurity issues because you sit on the computer all day and you buy shoes and you buy clothes and you go fucking nowhere. You don't work. You don't go anywhere except for church and to the doctor's office and to the store. That's it. So why are you buying $350 boots? But this is one of the other ways she punishes my stepdad when she don't get her way. She spent up money. And then he's got to take two overtime shifts over the weekend, 14, 16 hours, both shifts, in order to make extra money because he's paying all the bills. Now, when she was working, she had, of course, extra money to spend on whatever she wanted or whatnot but you're not working you ain't bringing no income in the house hell you won't even go and work at dollar tree to help your spouse out he's doing everything you won't do anything you won't volunteer anywhere to help the homeless you won't do anything on a regular basis to bring income in your husband in you guys's house to have it be more balanced you just put it all on the back of him you use your so-called depression and your anxiety and I need to be close to home as an excuse of not being able to work. There's nothing wrong with you. 
you just have de demonic spirits. That's all it is. You know, there's nothing physically wrong with you. You have demonic spirits and they kick in your fucking ass. That's why you're going through the shit you're going through because of how you treated your children. My sister didn't get a whole lot of the abuse because my sister is uh, very malleable. I think she has some kind of, I don't even know, she might even have Asperger syndrome. I really don't know. I have two sisters. None of us have the same father. I got, I'm my, I'm my father's only child, two kids are by my stepdad, and then my, my other sister, this one that I'm talking about, was the other, was by the other man, you know, that um, I talked about on YouTube, uh, used to beat my mama's ass and hold a knife to her neck, a knife to her throat and all of that kind of shit when I was very little, but um, I'll talk about that some other time, but this is I'm not talking about this stuff to disparage my family's character or my mother's character or anything. I'm talking about it because I know my story somebody can relate to. Somebody in this big wide world can relate to it. And I want to expose the fucked up spirits that are behind these kinds of women, these kinds of people. Hey, if it's not a narcissistic mother you're dealing with, use those character traits that I'm talking about to compare to fathers, brothers, friends, whatever you need to do. More research is available on the internet as well. But my sister is more malleable. I wouldn't be surprised if she might even have something like Asperger's syndrome. Um, I don't think she has Asperger's, but I wouldn't even be surprised if she has some kind of autism spectrum disorder simply because she's very malleable. And my mother has, because she could not control me, she latched onto her and molded her in her image. If you can understand what I'm saying. So because I wanted to be total opposite of my mother and am total opposite of my mother and our spirits have always been at enmity with each other, always bumping heads like rams. We've always bumped heads and clashed on a lot of things. Spiritually, we've clashed. And on a lot of belief systems, we've clashed, even though, you know, there's things we can both um, admire, like there's, you know, fashion we can both like, there's. Um, content we can both like and think there's things we can like to at the same time but for the most part on that foundational aspect we clash but my sister goes right in line with her she flows right 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 over rock with my mother like a river you know where, wherever my mother tends to go so we can use this analogy or allegory of my mother being the land and my sister be in the river. So however the land shifts, the river's going to flow around it. Whatever terrain the river needs to flow over, whatever terrain the river needs to conquer, my, my sister's going to flow around that to please my mother. I'm not like that. You know, I'm not, I've never been one of them people that liked pleasing others just because of a power complex and it being about control so my mother tried to mold me and to be uh to please her to satisfy her to live up to her expectations and while i was a straight a student never got in trouble you know never brought no babies in the house stuff like that um while i was obedient and went to church and was active in church and you know I said in another episode we were raised in a strict conservative Christian military background household um while I was 
obedient in that there were things my mother would say and do that would instantly rile my spirit up and I didn't know it was a spiritual thing back then between the ages of 15 and 20 I would get exceedingly angry with her and I would cop an attitude when she would yell at me or come in the house slamming groceries down on the damn counter and you know she aggravated about whatever so she's opening cabinets and throwing pots around and slamming shit back slamming the refrigerator door and going back in the room and slamming the door and if you don't get up at a time she thinks you're supposed to get up at even though you don't even if it's a Saturday morning you don't have to be anywhere if you don't get up before a certain time she does this shit where or used to do this shit where she's walking back and forth in the hallway going in and out of the linen closet and going in and out of rooms slamming doors and to intentionally wake you up and if she's not slamming the door she's going in the kitchen slamming pots around making excessive noise slamming cabinets to wake you up she did this shit the whole time I was living in her house up until I got the fuck out <laughs> at 20 some years old she did this shit she still does it to this day she just ain't as aggressive about it because the doctors got her on some fuck, some fucking mellow ass drugs. So she ain't as aggressive about that shit as she used to be. She done calmed the fuck down because of them drugs. But if you take the drugs away, she's an asshole. Period. She's an old asshole ass Aries. And I ain't got nothing against all Aries because I got a number of Aries friends and they can be real cool. But most Aries are fucking narcissists. I'm going to say it. Yes. Most Aries people are fucking narcissists. The men and the women. Both Aries in my family. Actually, there's four Aries in my family. My grandfather, my mother's father was Aries, April 12th. My mother's sister is an Aries, April 12th. No, that would be technically a Taurus. So she's a Taurus. But my um, mother's brother is April 16th, Aries. My mother is April 17th, Aries. All of them are fucking narcissistic. Now, my grandfather, when he was alive, wasn't as bad because my grandmother was a Libra and she was very balanced. And she would tell him, look now, you're not, you're not going to run that shit over here. But he was still very arrogant. He was still very arrogant and hard-nosed and like, it's my way or the highway type of energy. That's, that's how he was. You know, very, very strict. Don't take no fucking shit. Not negotiable. He he wasn't the type to sit down and consider your opinion about a motherfucking thing. The only opinion he considered outside of his own was his wife's, and that's because she had the power to kill his ass if he didn't act right. And he and she was the one making dinner and stuff. Even though my grandfather was a wonderful cook, he was chef level, very very good cook. Um, he would do a lot of the cooking, but during the week my grandmother would cook a lot of times, and and he knew that if he pissed her off, she wasn't cooking his ass a damn thing. You get in that motherfucking kitchen, you cook it, bitch. You cook it. So even though they was old generation, they was married sixty some years, my grandmother still didn't take shit off of him, and I think she knew what the fuck he was too. I think that was a a relationship of a narcissist and an empath. I think my grandmother was the empath. And my grandfather was a narcissist. Now, as far as my mother and my stepfather, I think my mother's the narcissist. But I think my my stepfather, I don't believe he's, I don't think he's an empath. But I think he's just a victim of narcissistic abuse syndrome. I don't believe he's an empath though. 
Um, he's very patient, very kind guy, very, very uh, fair and helpful. You know, he's the type of guy, if he sees somebody on the side of the road and he and he might know him, knows a lot of different people, got a lot of different friends. If he sees somebody on the side of the road and they look familiar, he'll stop and help them and take whatever time he needs or they need for him, you know, to help. He's that kind of guy. So he's real easy going, laid back, good man. You know, um, was always a great father to me, father figure in, in my siblings. And but my mother, she's the issue. She's the issue. She is the reason why a lot of the shit went on in our family. She's the reason for a lot of the abuse. You know, um, when I would need to use the car as a teenager to go to work, I would drive my stepdad's car a lot of times because he wasn't the type to hold every little thing over my head and tell me, oh, you need to find a way to work because you're not driving my car. My mother would do that shit, but my stepdad would just let me drive it as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm being obedient he would let me drive it but my mother if she had an attitude about any little thing is you can't drive my car and then she would she then she turned it to because she recognized me and my stepfather had a very cool agreeable relationship and we got along really well she, then she would turn it as okay well um don't let her drive your car because she did such and such let her find her own fucking way to work these are christians y'all my mother is a religious fucking hypocrite these are fucking christians so i don't have a whole lot of respect for the majority of christians just like alexis k tyler said i don't i know some good christians and i used to be christian myself but as far as what i've come to realize and what i've come to see and what i know and the level of domestic abuse that takes place in christian households um i don't have a whole lot of respect or desire to know too many christians I know a lot of them because I was in the church most of my life, but I don't like too many of them. This includes past men that I've dated, past girlfriends, all of that. They're fucking hypocrites, a lot of them. And it's no wonder that statistics prove in America, Christian households have the highest level of domestic violence. Now, domestic violence ain't just a wife beating her husband or a husband beating a wife domestic violence is anybody in the house getting abused in any form be it physical emotional psychological whatever it's domestic abuse it falls under that umbrella so there were times when you know i can't even i think my stepdad might have spanked us one time in our in the whole 30 years he'd been married to my mama one time and it was like a light pop he popped me and he popped my sister because we was arguing like cats and dogs. And and the reason why we argue like cats and dogs is, like I said, because my sister's spirit is like my mama's spirit. She trained up under my mama. I don't fuck with that bitch either. Now, I do love my family members, but you're not going to abuse over here no more. You, I've, I've, <laughs> Them days is over. And I think spiritually they know that. So they don't fuck with me like that. But when I was in a vulnerable place and I was having to rely on them for you know, shelter and food and having to live there, even though I've worked since I was 16 years old and I was by the age of 16, as soon as I got a job paying for all of my clothes, even though my father was uh, sending child support, my mother would buy me clothes with that. But I was paying for all of my clothes in high school. I was paying for all of my stuff that I needed for school. Even when I got to be a senior, I paid for all of my senior stuff. And, and you know, it, it taught me responsibility. So I'm not knocking that. But I'm talking about the selfishness aspect that my mother has always had. There have been times in my life where I needed help with things. And my mother never offered me even 50 cents. 
And I know the 50 cents ain't going to go far, but I'm just making a point here. I'm trying to make a stark contrast here that there were times when she had thousands and thousands of dollars sitting up in the bank and she saw that I needed help with something and the bitch wouldn't give me nothing. I didn't ask her. I would never ask her because I knew her character and I knew she wouldn't help me anyway, but I would ask my stepdad and he would always be or I would ask my dad and he would they would come through, you know, but my mother, she would never even offer to help. Never. And even just uh, last week when I told her, you know, um, I'm leaving and I'm and I I'm not going to let anybody whoever in the family's got a problem with it too bad. Even when I told her this last week. I said, you know, there were times when I needed help with things and niggas I was dating as well as family members didn't help do nothing. There was, I think, one family, two, two family members, and that was my stepdad and my dad that, and my uncle, stepdad, dad, paternal uncle and paternal aunt. Those four helped me. The rest, nothing from them. And when I say I needed help, I mean, I lost everything in a natural disaster here. And even though I had renter's insurance, the renter's insurance did not cover the natural disaster. So they I got a fraction of my total value of my belongings was probably sixty, seventy thousand dollars at the time in my um, condo. And, and FEMA gave me 10 grand. That's it. Just 10 grand. So there was a lot of things that I lost that I could not replace. But. Family members stepped up and gave those four family members stepped up and sent me some money. My mother didn't give me a dime. She did not give me a dime. She did not buy no plates from Walmart. She didn't buy me um, any silverware, like just a little box of silverware. She didn't buy me any placemats. She didn't buy a tablecloth. She didn't buy a loaf of motherfucking bread, bitch. And bread here is 98 cents. She didn't buy nothing. And right before the natural disaster, the flood happened, I had stocked my entire house full of groceries. So I had spent almost $300 on groceries. All that food got destroyed. Not only that, had I bought groceries, I had bought new clothes and, you know, toddler supplies like pull-ups and stuff for my son at the time. And she didn't help replace any of it. She didn't help buy no pull-ups. She didn't help buy no new socks. She didn't help do nothing. All she all she complained about was the fact that I needed to go and salvage stuff because she helped buy some of the stuff and had gave it to me. Oh, OK, so you gave me your old leftover shit. And now I'm supposed to wash nasty flood and sewer water off of it just to keep it because you feel like it shouldn't go to waste. Who wants to eat off of dishes and silverware that been soaked in fucking flood water when the sewers was overrun? I don't care if you put bleach on it or not. Bleach don't kill everything. That's what black folks got to understand. Clorox do not kill all germs. So I told her, I said, that stuff is not salvageable. You saw on the news, even white people who lost everything, who had these multi-million dollar homes and very wealthy in very wealthy neighborhoods said there's things you don't want to salvage because it's soaked in mud and sewer water and flood water. And anyway, and like I told her, I said it anyway, if you expect me to go in and salvage all of this stuff, who's going to help clean it? Who's going to help scrub all of this grime off of this stuff and wash all of these hundreds of loads of clothes? Who's going to help do that? Because I don't see you helping. Then she complained about, oh, well, you using my washing machine too much. Give it a rest. Oh, okay. So I'll go to the laundromat and spend $150, $200 to wash clothes. That's what you expect me to do? 
but you told me to salvage the stuff and then you talking about oh well you know my uh, living room is cluttered and my patio is cluttered because you got all your stuff here and you need to clean it up you told me to salvage it my mother is fucked up and I'm gonna read some stuff to you about psychotropic drugs for all you uh, and, and this is no offense let me make this very clear this is no offense to anybody who needs drugs like Prozac you know um, Zoloft Paxil lithium for bipolar disorder whatever you take what you need to take and you you follow the expertise of your physicians as an individual that's what you do you do what you feel is right I am talking about from my perspective that my mother is a fucking drug addict now a pharmaceutical drug addict now because she don't want to deal with her goddamn demons and her issues this is another thing with the black community the reason why they can't get ahead is not just because they squander their resources like I said before and they don't pay attention to how they spend and how they save and they don't make wise logical unemotional choices about finances and about their future it is because a lot of times they have inner child wounding and they don't fucking want to deal with it. So what do they do? They cover it with religion. They cover it with drugs. They cover it with sex. They cover it with food. And they cover it with shopping. Now the drugs can be illegal or legal, bitch. Drugs is drugs. Just because cocaine is a, a Schedule 1 illegal narcotic in this country don't mean that your goddamn Zoloft or whatever else you take is, is better because it's legal. A lot of these drugs that they have on the market that they give people are derived from natural plants, just like cocaine is, just like marijuana is. They just go into labs and create the synthetic components. That way they can make it into a pill and sell it at a mass scale, on a mass scale. It's one of the reasons why there is so much, you know, uh, foolishness about marijuana legalization in a lot of the southern states because they don't want people to get off of these pharmaceutical drugs. And for the most part, people are fucking miserable. Black people are fucking miserable in the United States, period. But they're especially miserable in the South. That's why you see the most fucked up shit going on in the South. Now, in the inner cities, they're miserable too. But there's a lot going on there when you can, when you add, add in the, the struggle life, the rat race, the stressful living, the polluted living, the lack of um, free spaces and open spaces for people to enjoy life in these inner cities the crime the not only just the air pollution the water pollution the food pollution the litter you know litter I don't know how it affects other people but me me walking to a place where I see a lot of trash on the ground it's stressful to me I don't know what it is maybe it's an earth energy type of thing but it's stressful to me maybe it has something to do with me being tied very closely to an animals and nature but animals are often and nature is you know they're victims of pollution and litter and people being dirty ass trifling ass motherfuckers and not wanting to pick up after themselves so maybe it's some something to do with my animal totems or me being tied to the nature world that I get stressed the fuck out when I see trash on the floor, trash on the ground. I gotta, I, I can't fucking stand it. I can't stand it. You know, when I see cars driving by smoking up the goddamn air, that aggravates me too. Just instantly. I'm not one of them people that just look, oh, okay, whatever. He's smoking up the goddamn neighborhood with, with a blown out goddamn muffler and, and oil leaking on his engine, which is creating, you know, white smoke uh, or black smoke or whatever. I'm not one of them people that don't care nothing about that. I pay that shit attention. Like, it's aggravating. I'm, I'm just looking like, God, like, what the fuck? Fix that shit. You know, so 
black people in these inner cities have to deal with a lot. They have to deal with, you know, like I said, the rat race and stuff. And so a lot of them tend to have a lot of mental health issues. It is proven fact that people who live in healthier places close to nature have better mental health and better physical health. Okay. So again, when I, what I'm about to read, I'm not criticizing anybody for being on psychotropic drugs or psychiatric drugs. I am, I'm just simply letting you know the risk and what happens and why so many narcissistic motherfuckers, especially in the black community, take a cop out and run to a goddamn drug. Now, I'm not saying it's a cop out on all, on all fronts because some people really do need it. But I'm saying a lot of them take the easy way out because they don't want to do the hard work, the energy work, the spiritual work, the self work, the inner child healing that takes that it takes to heal from this stuff and not even need a motherfucking drug. OK. A doctor um, 15 years ago put me on an antidepressant, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, a.k.a an SSRI named Lexapro. Why did he put me on Lexapro? Because he thought that I was depressed and why wouldn't I be depressed? I just went from working 40 at 43 hours a week and going to school 16 credit hours a week to being unable to drive and being in the hospital, locked up in the hospital all the time, not locked up as in a mental institution, but literally there because I couldn't breathe on my own. So who at 20 years old wouldn't be depressed by that shit, by, that, by a major medical shift and life change like that? So he figures, let me put her on Lexapro and Ativan for her anxiety. It was a natural human reaction to be depressed over that. Okay. So he put me on it. I stayed on it for about, I want to say I stayed on it for about six months. And then I tapered it off. I, I looked up on the internet how to taper it off. And then I, I quit it cold turkey after that. And I never went back on it because I realized also that my depression was not just because I was sick. My depression was because I was around my fucked up mama and family members that constantly caused me stress. And it was also the reason why I was sick was because of the family members. It wasn't because I didn't take good care of my body. It wasn't because of school stress, because I had been working and going to school for several years by that point. So it wasn't because of, oh, I just couldn't handle it all. And I had a breakdown and my body just broke down under the stress. It wasn't that it was the stress from family members and demonic spirits attacking me. And it was a blessing that it happened that way because that propelled the most high ones allowed it to happen that way because it propelled me out of that family environment. And it sent me to another state for seven years to where I could deprogram from that religion, deprogram from all of that family abuse and emotional abuse and um, brainwashing and indoctrination. And I could really find out, OK, who am I? What do I want? How do I want to live? What are my values? What are my morals? Because up until then, up until I left. I had uh, developed this tendency to try to make my mother happy and make my family happy. I would do things to try to make them happy because I felt like I didn't measure up. So I subconsciously began to believe that I was doing something wrong or I wasn't doing enough. So I would go overboard. I would buy gifts and, and do all kind of shit to make them happy. But they was never fucking happy. Okay. At least my mama was. And I can't say for the other siblings and family members. But my mama was never fucking satisfied. You know up until. I was damn near 30 years old. I could count on two hands. How many times I heard my mother say I love you. And really up until I got to be close to 30. I had only heard it five times. 
come out of her mouth but she would also do this shit with these fake ass church lady hugs no just total cold dead ass spirit on the inside and you don't feel no kind of warmth you don't feel no kind of real connection at least i don't with her she may be able to hug other people and they feel it but she don't i don't feel that shit from her it's not because i don't want to feel it it's because my spirit knows that she's dead inside so i'm gonna read this little bit about psychotropic drugs just for those who are um interested and just to caution black people about not doing the inner work and getting on these drugs just because the doctor tells you to. So I'm going to read this. It says psychiatric and antipsychotic drugs damage people. This is a quote from Voltaire. If you remember Voltaire from history, he was a Frenchman. His last name is spelled V as in Victor, O as in Orange, L as in Larry, T as in Tom, A as in Alpha, I as in Ice Cream, R as in Report, E as in Elephant. And he was he lived from 1694 to 1778 A.D. He was quoted as saying, quote, doctors pour drugs of which they know little for diseases of which they know less into patients about whom they know nothing end quote so i'm going to start to read here psychiatric drugs neuroleptic drugs and psychoactive drugs it says whether shackled into submission jailed into submission or drugged into submission society always finds a way of controlling those who choose not to control themselves inner work biopsychiatry is the atheist system to control the uncontrollable with shocks drugs and involuntary committal committal meaning uh to a mental institution or hospital now this is uh, not having anything to do with religiosity, but it's telling the truth about this, this fact, okay? Okay, so I'm going to read a part of this, and then I will conclude this part of the episode, and then I will come back in a second episode and talk a little bit more about narcissists in the black community and narcissistic mothers, how that affects black women, how it also affects black women in their dating choices, and so on and so forth. So it says, the first psychiatric drug, chlorpromazine, was created on December 11, 1950. This marks the beginning of the takeover of chemical psychiatry as the dominant force in psychiatry that we see today. However, huge side effects and little efficacy is causing everyone today to rethink the utility of drugs to change simple human behaviors. Why can't these humans change their own goddamn behavior? Because it's a spirit it's a demonic spirit a lot of times that has a hold of somebody and they cannot control what the fuck they're doing. They choose not to control it because on one hand they know exactly what they're doing and on the other hand they just choose not to fix it. Remember I said mankind was given dominion over all spirits. So you can't even use the fact of the devil made me do it. You can't say that. Chemical imbalances are a myth with no science to prove they exist. Only theory enduring endless harmful drug trials to fix mythical quote-unquote chemical imbalances coupled with debilitating and painful side effects is the penalty that society pays for accepting the theory of evolution as fact 
pharmaceutical companies have successfully convinced the general public that quote unquote mental illness is caused by quote unquote biochemical imbalances and represents a marketing scam unparalleled in history. TV advertisements shamelessly claim that their drugs work by correcting known quote unquote biochemical imbalances in the brain. It is the same league of evil as when executives of the seven largest American tobacco companies brazenly testified before Congress on April 15, 1994, that cigarettes were not addictive and science was inconclusive that they caused cancer. Both drug and cigarette companies lie to the public for profit, like cigarettes, psychiatric drugs in general and neuroleptics or antipsychotics specifically are extraordinarily dangerous chemicals to the human body the disanalogy between okay let me read this properly let me go back quote the disanalogy between bodily disease and mental disease generates countless confusions illustrated by the popular analogy or analogy between antibiotics and antipsychotics it is reasonable to ask whether an antibiotic drug say penicillin cures gonorrhea because there are objective criteria to determine whether a person has or does not have gonorrhea but it is not reasonable to ask whether an antipsychotic drug say zyprexa cause cures schizophrenia because there are no objective criteria to even determine whether a person has or doesn't even have this alleged schizophrenia hence it is futile to debate whether psychotropic drugs quote unquote work end quote this is a direct quote from the book coercion as cure by thomas zaz printed or copyright 2007 from page 177 Coercion is cure. That's where that quote comes from by Thomas Zaz. His last name is spelled S is in Sam, Z is in zebra, A is in alpha, S is in Sam, Z is in zebra. Psychiatric drugs are believed to correct biochemical imbalances in the brain. However, the overall effect of psychiatric drugs is a reduction in executive function that amounts to a partial anesthesia of being drunk or stoned. So basically, when people say the motherfucking drugs make you feel like you don't feel anything that's what it means when it says a reduction in executive function that results or amounts to a partial anesthesia or being drunk or drunk or stone so why then are we surprised that especially in, in america in general but in black america especially these drugs are pushed so see they don't let your ass smoke marijuana in a lot of states and they don't let you do no coke and no heroin but they let you take your zoloft your zyprexa your paxil your lexapro and so on and so forth they let you take that though it's called the dumbing down of society that's what it's called that's what's happening one or subset one the first psychiatric drug Thorazine was first used in surgery medical patients because of how it made them indifferent and apathetic meaning I don't fucking care that's what apathy is you don't care toward the fear and pain of conscious surgery Thorazine Basically, they gave Thorazine in order to make the patient not even care. Oh, bitch, you about to cut me open and I'm wide awake. I, I'm, I'm cool with it, bitch. I'm cool. That's what Thorazine. I was on an SSRI 15 years ago for six months. SSRI, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, appear to produce emotional blunting, apathy, and un 
unconcerned. I'll repeat, SSRIs appear to produce emotional blunting, apathy, and unconcern. Subsection 3, benzodiazepines, because black folk love some benzos, bitch. They even rap about how they love benzos and how, how hoes be on benzos. Benzodiazepines are in fact used in both mental patients and surgical anesthesia. Neuroleptic and antipsychotic drugs do not fix this imagined quote-unquote chemical imbalance, but merely tranquilize, stupefy, and quote unquote numb your emotions down they do not fix mental illness they remove the symptoms most of the quote unquote good neuroleptic drugs are reputed to do oh let me read that again because this is a typo most of what the quote unquote good neuroleptic drugs are reputed to do can actually be accounted for by the mere placebo effect if you don't, I'll read you what the placebo effect is because uh, now a lot of people don't understand placebo effect. This is medical shit, uh, and I don't expect everybody uh, to understand placebo effect. Hold on, sorry about this. These fucking alarms keep going off. Um. Okay, so let me let me read you the placebo effect definition. The placebo effect is a beneficial effect produced by a placebo drug or treatment, meaning a fake drug or treatment, which cannot be attributed to the properties of the drug or treatment itself and must therefore be due to the patient's belief that the treatment or the drug works. So basically it's psychosomatic. You, you believe that this sugar pill they gave you going to cure your cancer. The placebo effect is that the cancer actually starts to go away, but it's placebo. The, the pill didn't actually do anything to help the cancer to go away. It's just the belief and the psycho psychology and the psyche thinking that the drug actually has some kind of effect. So let me go back and read this. Neuroleptic drugs um, can usually be accounted for by mere placebo effects. Psycho psychiatric drugs do not fix the problem. They only numb the feelings. Putting a person on antipsychotic drugs can cause permanent and irreversible brain damage, which permanent is irreversible. Um, psychiatric drugs are dangerous, cause brain damage, and work no better than a sugar pill in actually fixing life's problems. Even if antipsychotic drugs were effective on the symptoms of mentally ill people, are they worth the cost to the individual? Neuroleptic drugs make people into walking zombies. The walking dead, y'all. Remember Z Nation, walking dead. They showing you this for a reason. More, many reasons. The dumbing down of society. This is a spiritual thing because the walking dead is also related to being spiritually dead inside and being demonically possessed. That all you want to do is have your basic human um, functions, which is eating sleeping and um procreating now while zombies don't procreate they have that basic animalistic brain aspect of the first two which is eating and sleeping now the walking dead don't actually sleep but there are some movies that are beginning to portray them when the sun goes down they go to sleep they hibernate there are movies out now and shows out now that are portraying the walking dead as when the sun goes down there, they hibernate. Um, excuse me, when the sun comes up, they hibernate. But when the when the sun is down at night, that's when they're active. So there's a lot that they're trying to show. And it's not just to do with psychiatric and antipsychotic drugs. 
but I'm reading you this because a lot of these drugs actually cause cause something called the calcification of the frontal lobe and that is permanent brain damage calcification of the frontal lobe of the brain so I'm gonna read one more sentence and then I'm going to complete this neuroleptic drugs make people into walking zombies cause brain damage and make them unable to work in most cases costing governments billions in welfare patients so my mama don't work <laughs> She got on them fucking drugs and decided to hell would work. Quote, many of these drugs, including chlorpromazine, reserpine, imipramic, trinylcypramine, lithium, and diazepam, which diazepam is Ativan, I think, or is it Valium? Let me make sure. Let me make sure I find out the right trade name because I, I get them too mixed up. I think diazepam is Ativan. Oh no, it's Valium. It is Valium. So, you know, black people love a damn Valium, you know, or Ativan or whatever. They have a lot of seniors Ativan, but Valium is diazepam. So, these drugs that I just listed bind to more than one brain protein and exert their effects in very complex ways that involve multiple receptors, intermolecular interactions, and long-term changes in the brain mediated by biological regulatory mechanisms elicited by their administration. Understanding of their mechanism of action is therefore incomplete, end quote. This is from the book, The Biological Approach to Psychiatry, by Samuel H. Barondes. And this was printed, so this wasn't a book, this was a journal article. The Biological Approach to Psychiatry, by author Samuel H. Barondes, spelled B as in boy, A as in apple, R as in report, O as in orange, N as in nice, D is in dog, E is in elephant, S as in Sierra. And it was printed in the Journal of Neuroscience in June 1990. So this was 19 years ago. Excuse me, 29 years ago. Okay. So I have two more sentences I want to read and then I'm going to end this episode. Because I want to close it on this note. This I think this is a really good note for me to end this on because I did say it was... A spiritual thing in 1806 AD or the year 1806 simply termed Pinnell P-I-N-E-L understood what most doctors of his day failed to accept drugs don't cure insanity because it is not a physical problem but a spiritual one today drugs are the first thing doctors do not the last Quote, my faith in pharmaceutic preparations was gradually lessened and my skepticism went at a length so far as to induce me never to have recourse to them until moral remedies had completely failed. End quote. That is what Philippe Pinnell said in 1806. And that was in his, his work, A Treatise on Insanity. So he said... It's not a physical problem, it's a spiritual one. Once he figured this out, 
he stopped having any faith in pharmaceutical drugs because one, until you try to remedy them morally and spiritually, the drugs are not going to really work for anything. Lastly, I want to say this. In, 17, in the year 1750, William Batty, B-A-T-T-I-E, admitted there was no magic drug to cure madness. He predicted it would one day be found, but even today, no such chemical cures exist. Modern neuroleptic drugs are no more a cure for madness than the opium that was prescribed by William Batty and John Monroe, M-O-N-R-O, in the 1750s. Although, this is a quote, although we may have reason to hope that the peculiar antidote of madness is reserved in nature's store, in other words, it's a nat there's a natural herbal remedy out there somewhere and will be brought to light in its appointed time or will discover it at some point. Yet such is our present misfortune that either this important secret hath been by its inventors withheld from the rest of mankind or this which is more probable has never even been discovered. End quote. So what he said there was that if there's a cure for madness, it's in nature. And if it's out there, it's been withheld purposefully or not even discovered. That was from a treatise on madness by William Batty, 1758, page 71. Now, Philippe Pinel, P-I-N-E-L, wrote a treatise on insanity in 1806 and William Batty wrote a treatise on madness in 1758. So all of this, you know, scapegoating and blame shifting and bullshitting that black people do when it comes to crazy ass motherfuckers and people with mental issues. And like it says here, moral problems, it, these drugs don't help that. All they do is numb you down and remove your executive decision making abilities. I'm going to talk more about this in another episode. This is, you know, going on a little long. I want to start educating people on this spiritual aspect, but I have to start with the pharmaceutical industry because too many people heavily rely on this to fix their problems. You know, a bitch be feeling depressed. She feel like, oh, let me go find me a doctor to write me a script for this. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling anxious about this. Let me go find me a doctor to write me a script for that. Oh, you know, I can't stop fucking just random niggas and I'm being overly promiscuous. I must have a mental disorder. No, you have a fucking moral disorder and a spiritual problem. And you probably got demonic spirits fucking with you as well. If not possessing you. It ain't got nothing to do with no drugs helping you and stopping you. All it does is make you a drone. One of the reasons why America has a low life expectancy and one of the reasons why it's ranked 38th in the world for life expectancy is because so many of their um, citizens are on psychotropic, antipsychotic, psychiatric and neuroleptic drugs, as well as sleep medications. Those are a separate, separate threat to people's health, sleep medications, insomnia drugs. But I'll talk about that another time. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. Oh, 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 oh,